Hi everyone, this is uh, Amit Sarkar and welcome to our show Tech Talk with uh, Amit and Renath. Uh, this is episode number five and today we are going to talk about uh, cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency has been lately a very interesting uh, and a very uh, lucrative field for many. Um, there are a lot of options uh, to buy a cryptocurrency and there are a lot of cryptocurrencies in the market. But uh, people who want to get into it are always uh, confused with what is available, what they can buy, where to buy it, how to buy it, what are the legal implications, tax implications, etc, etc. So in today's talk, Renat Malik uh, will talk about uh, cryptocurrencies in general, how to buy them, where can you buy them and how can you store it, how, what can you buy using a cryptocurrency and many other things. So welcome uh, Renat again to this show. Thank you, Amit. Um, yeah, cryptocurrency is a very interesting topic. Um, it has become really popular recently as well. So I am very excited to talk about it. Um, I have, I have, you know, personally, I have been involved with with uh, trading cryptocurrencies, mining cryptocurrencies. Um, so I have some knowledge. Uh, obviously, we are going to try and keep it. Um, you know, basic level, so it's uh, easier to understand for everyone. Uh, we're not going to go into too much technical details in terms of how the calculation is done, but um, in terms of how, in a, in 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 a regular life, how you can take advantage of cryptocurrency, how you can use them, how you can um, buy them or potentially mine them as well. So that kind of things we're going to cover today. Thank you so much, Renat. I think, yeah, that's that's that will be quite nice. Um, so, I mean, let's jump into the topic. Uh, so, cryptocurrency, it's it's formed of two words, crypto and currency. So, let's talk about what's a currency and uh, what are the different types of currencies that our world has uh, experienced or used so far? Yeah, yeah, that is, that is a very good place to start, actually. What we need to first understand currency and, um, you know, what, what implications does it have in our society or in the world as 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 a um, in general? And then we can talk about this subset of currency, which is cryptocurrency. Um, so going back a little bit more as well. I mean, not just currency, but money and uh, you know asset, if you like, and how that thing, you know, the, how this whole thing sort of panned out in our current society. So um, obviously eons and eons ago we didn't have money we didn't have uh, these paper money that we have now even uh, uh, before paper money there was uh, coins of uh, valuable uh, metals and even before that uh, we as humans used to trade using the i mean we used to trade with with the commodities that we had say for example there was um, you know, I'll give you two cows and you give me, you know, 200 kilo of rice and that kind of trade. But obviously that was very difficult because, you know, if you wanted to make smaller trade, then you can't just cut off part of a, part of a cow or a goat and then make the trade and then still have the rest of the asset viable for, for a later transaction. So um, obviously eventually we, you know, came to, you know, creating this unit of asset which we can which is backed uh, 
you know, in our society. So we, you know, if everyone agrees that this paper has value, then it does have value in, in that sense. So um, when, when government issues money, uh, it's just, you know, as a country, we all are agreeing that, okay, this piece of paper has this much value. And uh, that's how we can, you know, continue doing trades in on 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 very minute level on on a very small level. So it's easier to do very detailed transactions, uh, you know, quite precise uh, give and take between the traders, etc. So um, yeah, I mean that's how it's evolved. Money uh, right now when we use paper money that you know, has value because government or as a society, we decided to give it value. Um, then there, obviously, with the advent of technology, now we've moved on to a virtual money. I mean, when you log on to your bank account, you see your balance, that is money. But there is, you know, you don't, you don't have a paper money to hold on to, hold on to it, but you know that your, you have, a, an amount of asset or money or you know a value that is stored in in your bank and you can trade it when you go to an atm machine or uh, or bank and take out paper money you can you're basically you know converting from virtual money to paper money but all of this money or all of these you know different forms of asset you you know it's it's because we all agreed that you know say for example if you work a full-time job you are trading your time and skill and in return you're getting the the worth of you know in return you're getting the value for the for for what you have provided and that value gets added to your bank account and then you can use that in different things to purchase different things, making make smaller transactions. So, yeah, there is, you know, different kind of uh, currencies, um, and uh, you know, some of the currencies are, for example, we hear a lot about fiat currency. That is a currency that is not backed by by anything by something precious metal or something like that. So, for example, the paper notes that we have that is just paper and that has value because we all decided that it has value um, but before this we used to have gold coins or silver coins the coins itself had an intrinsic value to it because it was made of a precious metal why did why did gold and silver get chosen as well because why are they valuable because they are they they are limited within our world so it, uh, and also gold and silver react less. They don't react easily with other chemical components. So it's easy to store. It's, you know, you can keep it long term without losing, losing the weight or without losing the properties of gold or silver. So that's why we chose that. And it's also limited resource. So that has an intrinsic value. And then the fiat currency is when we all decided that, look, you know, carrying around bags of gold is not very practical. And, you know, when we get paid, we, we would rather just have it sent electronically to our bank account rather than, you know, being, being, being delivered a bag of gold or silver. So um, we've decided that, okay, well, let's now 
you know, all decide together that we're going to use paper currency or electronic currency so to make our lives easier. And ultimately, as long as we all agree that, you know, this is how the value is counted, then we can go go on and go on with our lives, do our, do the purchases that we want to do. So the concept of money is, you know, a, a social construct and we're getting something in return of creating value. What is it that actually we're getting? We're getting a placeholder. So we can use that placeholder to make more purchases, get more physical products or a skill or someone's time in return. It has to have a certain set of properties. It has to be agreed by everyone. It has to be trackable and uh, it has to be limited by the society, controlled by a, a controlling body of some sort. So if a currency has all of those properties, which cryptocurrencies do, uh, then we, there is no reason why we can't use uh, this new kind of new technology, which is cryptocurrency as money. So that's that's the idea. Uh, so when we talk, talk about cryptocurrency, I mean, obviously we, we already talked about uh, electronic versions of the money we already have. Now, those monies are actually governed by the government. Uh, you know, in different countries, we are, you know, the government has decided that, okay, for all the transaction in our country, we're going we're gonna to create this currency called, you know, pound sterling in UK or US dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they have they control it so if there is any economic uh, intervention required for example you know we've had our we had the pandemic in in that time a lot of um, economic in intervention was required the government has some sort of control so it can save the economy by doing you know doing what it thinks is best with with money with the control that it has now um it's good a lot of the times you know, most of the times government are acting with the best interest of, of our, uh, you know, with the best interest of everyone, but you can't always rely on that. And some people wouldn't want to trust government as much. And um, whether you want to or not, um, it's good to have an alternative rather than relying on one single body who controls all the uh, financial ins and outs of, of a country. So it, a cryptocurrency, the way it's unique is it's, it can't, the way it's designed, it, it can't be controlled by one single government or one single body. It is a distributed network of, of uh, a distributed network uh, blockchain. Uh, it uses the blockchain technology, which you may have heard uh, side by side with cryptocurrency. And it is validated by everyone around the world you can start validating the all the transactions that that's happening in bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies today so that's how that's how it's very transparent and also it's very distributed so it's not controlled by any um, any bodies so that's that that way you're not having to rely on uh, a particular government or any any controlling authority if you don't want to so that that's another uh, um, uh, uh, property of uh, cryptocurrency. 
So yeah, that's uh, in, in that, that. I would say that that is um, a sort of a basic definition of cryptocurrency. Uh, it has the same properties as you would expect from money, or to 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 sort of track your assets, and uh, it is based on the blockchain technology, which we're going to go into a bit more detail in a bit, and it is. Um, uh, fully virtual, so it's um, you know living and uh, you know staying within the virtual world, electronic world. So it's um, easy to easy to sort of uh, uh, send or receive or um, keep keep track of. Thanks, thanks, Renat. Wow, that was a very big, <laughs> very big uh, introduction to what a currency is. So, just to summarize for all our uh, listeners and viewers, uh, basically, what Renat has talked about uh, from the beginning of uh, the civilization, we had something called as a barter system where we could exchange goods in return for some other goods. So, as he explained, we could exchange some cows for bags of rice. So, that was a barter system. But of course, that was not convenient and you could not always carry a cow with you and buy some other goods. So, we had to come up with some form of currency and that's when we started trading with precious metals. And as Renat mentioned that uh, we use precious metals such as gold and silver because they don't react uh, with their inert metals so they don't react with the atmosphere uh, their shine is preserved and they are scarce in the world so that's why it's precious and uh, that's why it's easy to trade with them so we had coins which had uh, uh, which were precious and it had some intrinsic value because it was physical then we moved on to currencies or currency notes where we had the um, the paper notes but they were backed by gold so you can you can go to a bank and then you can uh, get some money say hundred dollars and that would be backed by hundred dollar worth of gold in the bank and then uh, slowly and gradually we have come to fiat currency where it's not backed by any gold and the money and the paper itself doesn't have any value the value is only uh, decided by the government uh, or the central bank of a country um, and that's necessary that's in essence a fiat currency and we started with a physical form and we ended up with a virtual form because of the internet because how we now use money in a virtual uh, world over the internet and the fiat currencies and all other currencies commodities exchanges can be traded online uh, with the help of banks um, but there is something new which is cryptocurrency it has all the properties Renat mentioned which is um, it's uh, it's easily accessible anyone can use it it's not governed by a single bank and so forth so that's why it's uh, it's uh, getting so popular i think renat while while you were uh, talking about cryptocurrency in general uh, i mean i i started thinking about banks so when we when we talk about any currency normally we talk about currencies of a country so say uk has the british pound us has the us dollar and european union has the uh, euro and these are uh, basically uh, governed by the central banks of a country and in order for us to carry or move the currency from one country to another we have to follow certain regulations so what does the role of a bank uh, what is the role of a bank in uh, in these currencies and uh, 
is that the reason why cryptocurrencies emerged because there were a lot many banks involved there were a lot many currencies there were a lot many countries and there was just just too many regulations involved uh, for the movement of currencies between different countries absolutely so um, there is there i mean anyone who has tried to um, send or receive money from abroad has definitely experienced this it is not easy um although recently it has become as easy as possible but yet it's still not as straightforward as it could be i mean it takes days um it it requires authorization it is regulated very heavily and very closely monitored by different governments of different countries and um if you if you just you know try to send uh money abroad you see that you know you need you know banks internationally you know, there is the receiving bank and sending bank ha- has to talk to each other there has to be in connection sometimes the sending say for example if i wanted to send some money to china now uh the uk bank that i bank with might not be you know in in direct connection with the chinese bank where i want to send the money to so they will then connect to a different chinese bank where they are already connected to and then then that uh chinese bank will then find the recipient bank and then send it to them so there is a lot of uh, lot of transaction going on uh, in the background and um um it's not convenient and the it's also very costly that's that that's another thing which we also have to take into account that you know, whenever we're sending money we are actually uh, there is foreign exchange fees there is uh, the transaction fees and you know it, the banks charge a lot um to to send money to uh, uh you know different parts of the world um they also uh, the recipient bank also charges as well so overall you are losing out a big chunk of the money you were going to transfer just by the process of transferring now obviously you know all of these things are regulated so there there are some positives uh in in doing you know doing transactions this way but there are also a lot of negatives and um if we sort of compare it with cryptocurrency it's um it's quite instantaneous and you can you can send you can create do a transaction and it will it will happen a lot quicker than it does happen with with regular money there there is a cost when when we are making a cryptocurrency transaction as well but um the cost is um relatively less and also this this charge is not going to any bank or any um authority it is sort of um the cost of maintaining the whole worldwide blockchain um that is required to keep track of all the transaction so um the the people or uh, the entities who are you know doing that uh, you know validating each transaction they are getting a very small percentage you know distributed overall for their service of validating all the transaction so um uh, the cost is less and also it's not governed or controlled by any of the governments not the recipient bank's government or the sending bank's government so it is uh, free flowing um less hassle less time consuming and less costly okay so that that makes a lot of sense so uh 
it's it's cheaper to transfer it's quicker to transfer banks are not involved so it's easy so now i mean we we've spoken so much about currencies and banking system and other things but in the cryptocurrency world itself what does crypto actually mean what does it stand for and why is it called a cryptocurrency and not some other random name yes of course so crypto the word crypto comes from cryptography which is a way to secure um a a sort of um a, a piece of information digitally so if you want to digitally secure something encrypt something um then you use various encryption methods um so you know there are various encryption methods and uh, uh cryptocurrency makes use of encrypting all the data or all the information that is you know um going on in a transaction and uh, using the you know you using cryptography it uh sort of secures that no you know what we don't want uh is someone to be able to just create uh you know currency on their own without any you know without any accountability so you know to to sort of stop anyone from doing that and also sort of securing all the information that is required for a transaction to happen end to end um all of these things are you know happening using cryptography by encrypting uh there are various encryption methods i don't know if you know aes256 and then uh, i can't remember a few others uh, but i mean do you do you have any insight on like uh, you know what kind of uh, cryptography is used on um... i mean uh, i mean they use basic uh, hashing especially for blockchain um and uh, the whole idea is again as you mentioned security because the thing is uh, when you trade currency in a digital world uh it's easy to uh copy something and create uh it so if you if you look at windows uh and you take a file uh creating a file takes might take a time but if you do control c control v you have actually copied it immediately so creating a digital asset once takes time but after that multiple attempts of creating it takes very little time so similarly in a digital world if you have a currency in a digital format uh copying it becomes relatively easy so the whole idea of <laughs> cryptocurrency comes is from how do you actually create that currency and to create that currency where you were talking about mining is where you use the algorithms to generate a particular hash of a particular value of a particular format of a particular length and if you are able to generate that hash then you generate some coins or the currency itself and uh, so that's that's where bitcoin comes uh, the mining comes uh, and that's where the encryption happens because we have to prevent fraud in the system so if anyone can easily copy a currency then it's of no value as you said so we have to so there has to be some fraud prevention mechanisms in place especially in a digital world 
Yes, absolutely. We need to. We, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a currency if everyone could just copy and paste yes. and create more currency. The other thing is, uh, everyone can have a currency in their own name. So I can have a Amit Sarkar coin, or uh, you can have a Rinath Malik coin, and then we decide which coin yeah. is more powerful or which uh, coin has more value, and then people start trading in those coins, and they decide, and then say people people in UK might use Amit Sarkar, but people in US might use Rinath Malik coin, and so there is a comp- <laughs> competition now so so yeah it's i mean because it's so easy you have to come up with some method in order to make it more difficult and that's why they use cryptography to generate these coins so yeah that's where the yes work. absolutely and um, yeah i mean it, 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 it this brings that um this brings the point that i was mentioning earlier yes anyone could sort of create their own currency but uh what is important that as a society or you know in in the world we if we all agree that that coin is the go to coin then that you know gets the value everyone if everyone's using it then it has some value but yes. um yeah it, it, you can start your coin today if you wanted to but then you know if no one's using it 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 doesn't really have much value true so Very that's true. that's how the yeah that's how the you know the the advanced or or the modern currencies work with value given by the users absolutely and uh, i think uh, in the crypto world the first mover advantage is huge and that's why i mean I mean do you want to talk about uh, which are the popular currencies in cryptocurrency itself like do we know about the popular currencies Yes um so as soon as you hear cryptocurrency um the next second you'll hear bitcoin uh bitcoin was the first very first cryptocurrency and uh, initially when it started obviously no one um you know uh took it seriously but um you know now because it was the first it kind of had the time to sort of mature and uh, become known amongst many people the early adopters have you know started using it and uh, saw the benefit and um, also saw how you know the you know realized the concept of money and how um, you know how money could be virtual money could be digital and um as long as it has the necessary properties then there is no reason why it can't be you know living and be fully digital um one of the other property of bitcoin which makes it quite unique is that um it will have a limited number of bitcoins in circulation ever so the way it is designed is that um it, it currently is still generating it's currently didn't reach its full full maximum amount yet but it will uh, once it does uh, it will only ever have 21 million bitcoins and that would be the maximum limit and this was set um actually very interestingly to to sort of um uh compare with gold uh because gold also has 21 um gold 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 also has a similar amount you know a, a limited amount in this whole world and the 21 million of bitcoin was decided to sort of match that in in to a degree um 
So that's because it's it will always be limited and uh, there, there will be a point where no new Bitcoins can be generated. So it will definitely have some value because, you know, if, if it is uh, controlled and limited, um, it, it can't be like governments who, who are printing or who are deciding that we're, you know, we're going to circulate more, uh, you know, pounds or dollars in the economy. It can't be, you can't do that just you know, by mere wish of, of an organization or an authority. So it, it does have more value because of it. Um, you can do you can do transactions using bitcoins. You can, you know, it is actually becoming more and more popular day by day. In certain countries, you can literally just pay, pay for your coffee, from your coffee to most of the things that you would want to buy when you go out, you can pay with cryptocurrency, um, mainly Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is the most popular one. Um, yeah, so uh, there are Bitcoins, but then because Bitcoin is so popular, uh, there are many other cryptocurrencies, they're all called altcoins, because they're <laughs> alternative to, crypto, uh, alternative to um, Bitcoin, but um, they're all cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin as well as all the other ones. So some of the popular ones um, after Bitcoin are Ethereum, uh, then there was uh, Litecoin, and um, there is Monero coin, there is um i think there is one uh, xrp as well so i was i was just uh, yeah. before this uh, talk i was just looking at the crypto exchanges in terms of volume bitcoin is number 1 and then we have ethereum and then we have xrp in terms of market capitalization in terms of pure uh, uh, amount that is circulated and the value of the circulated amount so those are the top yes. 3 as of now, as, as on date, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, there, there are quite. Uh, um, I mean, you know, the the top three or the top five or the top ten, it, you can easily find that with a quick Google search. And those are the more popular, most popular ones. Those are, you know, backed by various investors, etc. So uh, those are the one to sort of uh, track or um, you know study more, uh, study more, but. Um, there are many, many cryptocurrencies, and uh, if you look at uh, various coin exchanges, you'll see lists and lists of uh, cryptocurrencies, and uh, they are, um, so a lot of the times we hear that, um, you know, when Bitcoin was priced, you know, less than a dollar, um, a lot of people passed on because they didn't really realize what it would become in future. Um, I myself included, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, you know, so people could say, I mean, you could look at it this way, that one of these currency, currencies in the top 100, who are, which are now are priced less than a dollar, could become $10,000 or 10,000 pounds per one unit or one, one coin. And uh, if you invested now, um, then obviously you'll get, thousand percent return or ten thousand percent return on your money so but obviously the trick is you don't really know which one would become that um so <laughs> the, it's no uh, so there is a trick but um yeah I they think, are uh, not to be 
I, I need to add a disclaimer for everyone and please don't invest without doing market research. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, we so the, the biggest uh, currencies are Bitcoin, Ethereum and XRP. So if you want to buy any cryptocurrency, uh, please invest in those currencies because they are top the top funds in terms of volume um, and availability and most of the exchanges support them. Uh, please don't uh, buy any other currency without research because as uh, Renat said, uh, because they are brand new and you don't know which one will go up or down so there is a huge risk so please please be careful yes absolutely and even with the top three as well i mean yes. your capital True. is at risk don't take our advice um you know to 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 make your decision please do your full research um but um yeah i mean there is a good uh, good market to get into definitely Okay, so uh, so so we we talked about currencies, crypto, cryptography, and then uh, the whole different types of cryptocurrencies. But uh, and and you gave an example that especially for cross border payments where you have to transfer money from one country to another, you uh, if you do in the traditional way using the traditional currencies, uh, then it's quite expensive. It's quite slow. So cryptocurrencies have an advantage and that's a very good use case. But apart from that, what are the other use cases where cryptocurrencies are actually more favorable than a traditional currency? And uh, do we know why was there a need to actually create a virtual currency in the first place? So uh, security is one of the other reason. Um, you know, it is more secure because it, everyone... So every transaction is validated by thousands or hundreds of thousands of people around the world so it is it is tracked every transaction is tracked and the history is kept in the, in a global ledger so it is a lot more secure a lot more transparent um so the way money is i mean you know if, if you if you take any banks you don't know their master ledger where they have all the data of all the transactions that they have made or people have made within within their banking system but with cryptocurrency uh, if we're just talking about bitcoin for now um there is a global ledger which is validated by everyone so everyone who is you know, doing the mining uh, or, you know, doing sort of the validation of, of all of the transaction, everyone has a copy of every transaction that has taken place from the beginning of, 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 this, uh, of this cryptocurrency. So it is fully secure, it's fully trackable, and, you know, it has the whole history available to everyone. So there, is, there are so many benefits, yet, you know, while being this transparent, it is also secure because, you know, when you are making a trans, uh, transaction, you are, you know, the recipient, um, you, you, you need to know their recipient wallet uh, address um, and, you know, you have your address. And so um, it is in, in many ways more secure. So um, security transparency and uh, you know along with all the other benefits we just mentioned as well so there are many many benefits of using cryptocurrency i think uh, the reason it sort of came about uh, you know as an alternative to money is you know 
the need for transparency, the need for a quick transfer mechanism between, you know, different countries. Um, also, you know, coming away from the reliance of government and other organizations that you don't really need to, to transfer your own asset. Um, with cryptocurrency nowadays, in many countries like Japan, I think it has adopted Bitcoin quite um, quite a lot. So you could, you know, do most of your daily transactions with Bitcoin. It is easier in a lot of ways because you can literally just scan a QR code and make a transaction. It is that easy. So I, I have seen photos where, you know, even street shops in Japan where, you know, he just has his QR code uh, hanging and, you know, he's probably selling, um, you know, some street food and people are getting it and then they're just scanning the QR code and that transaction is happening. And then, you know, whatever he, uh, you know, his account is he is receiving that money in cryptocurrency in bitcoins for example so it is easier convenient you don't have to carry around a credit card or anything all you need to have is some a digitally saved um uh, wallet where you store the cryptocurrency it's it's a it's a virtual wallet uh, it will have an address which is a uh, which is a piece of string as long as you have that string that is all you need to send, receive money, and you don't have to carry anything. You don't have to sort of keep track of your bank online account details, etc. So um, it has many, many benefits. Okay, so that that is quite interesting. I mean, you have you have uh, crypto wallets. So instead of keeping credit cards and debit cards or even cash, you keep uh, the cryptocurrencies or bitcoins or ethereum's or xrps and then you can not just use them for cross-border payments but also to buy a coffee as you mentioned in japan you can buy many other things using them plus because it's not regulated by governments it's more uh, transparent so we the public uh, as a whole has more information about what transactions are being made and who has made them um, but uh, I think uh, you touched upon a very interesting concept of ledgers because in a banking system, whenever you uh, deposit or you withdraw cash or you send or receive any payment, you uh, have a ledger and that ledger records the transaction so that in future, if there is a dispute, the banks can refer to the ledger and say, this is the uh, the statement as per our ledger and as per our records so basically if you are trying to do commit any fraud you can prevent that by referring to the ledger and similarly you mentioned that there is a distributed ledger in the crypto world um, and then that ledger can be downloaded by everyone so basically everyone can see the transactions uh, so if i have sent some bitcoins to you Renat then people can see that but I'm guessing because it's secure it means they can only see the transaction they cannot see who has sent the uh, the bitcoin correct me if I'm wrong so um, the, they can see the address they can't see the person who is attached to the address so, and this address is the address for the wallet right yes okay yes 
So um, this is a, an interesting um, thing to talk about uh, when we talk about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. Is uh, there is a sort of misconception that you know Bitcoin can be used to do a lot of criminal activities or things that you want to hide. But this is, this is a complete myth because it is you know every transaction is trackable. While you know while there are ways you know the if if. You know, if if the sort of the law enforcement authorities go into that much detail, they can actually find out exactly you know every transaction with the details of of whoever is behind it. But it's not very easy to find out for a regular person. So even though everyone has all the transaction records, the global ledger, you know, and you can download it today, that doesn't mean that all your private transactions are you know easy to see by everyone. It is it is. It is difficult to, and there are millions of transactions are happening and happened. Billi- you know, billions have happened so far. So, um, without appropriate, you know, capacity or you know the technical knowledge or also, you know, the the power of computing, without necessary computing power, it is difficult to sort of track down any any particular. Uh, transaction and the people behind it because you, you can potentially if you sit down and see you know from one address how many transactions has been made and then that way you can you know you can sort of guess and make an esti- estimate but you can't fully track down very easily but at the same time law enforcement agencies if necessary if they suspected something serious was going on they can so um, that obviously answers the question of it's it's not aiding um, criminal activities in any way. Um, everything is fully transparent and trackable, but at the same time, it's also keeping your privacy, uh, you know, keeping your information secure. So, so basically, it's anonymous. So you cannot track who's making the transaction, but you can track the transaction itself. Yes, you can see all the transactions that are happening right now and has happened in the past. Um, there are other coins which um, also uh, give you different features. For example, Monero coin uh, that is uh, designed to um, designed to give anonymity to people who are using it. So there are there are different coins. This is why there are different coins. There are you know a, a number of popular altcoins. Who, who offer you different kind of features. Like they, they all have uh, different benefits, benefits, but you know, at the end of the day, all of them are cryptocurrency and you, you, you can get the, the general benefit from all of them, but there are, there are different features of different ones. Okay, so, so, so th- this is again, um, I, mean, I mean, very interesting to know that transactions uh, are made, it's fully transparent, but there is a myth that okay illegal activities can happen using cryptocurrencies but actually the transactions are all visible so you can actually track if you know the address of the person then you can actually track all the transactions so so that's that's interesting so now we we talked about where to store them where to buy uh, where to receive them the cryptocurrencies itself but where can we actually buy them so if i want today if i have 100 pounds with me or 100 dollars with me and I want to buy some Bitcoin, where do I go and buy it? Sure. So there are um, various crypto exchanges um, which um, lists various, um, you know, number of uh, cryptocurrencies. 
So some of the popular ones are Coinbase, um, then there is Binance, then there are um, Bitstamp. Uh, you can also use uh, some of the modern bank like Revolut as well to, to trade cryptocurrencies. The one I personally use is Coinbase. I have an account there and I can basically send money from my regular um, bank account uh, to my Coinbase account. Uh, it will it will first be received as British pounds as I am here in UK and then inside the Coinbase account I can buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, they, they, they allow or they have an, a, a range of cryptocurrencies for, which are tradable within their platform and you can basically just uh, purchase Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency in in their platform. So Coinbase is one of them. You know, you can you can look at all of the. You know, if you just go to Google crypto exchanges, you'll find a list of them. Obviously, the top ones are going to be the most popular one, and it is probably best to stick with one of the popular ones, um, as as it, you know, as the this technology becomes more adopted by everyone. Uh, at this stage, you know. It's good to stick with the popular ones, which are popular for a reason. You know, that's the whole idea of of Bitcoin as, and any cryptocurrency. It's popular because it's backed by everyone. It's believed by everyone. So, um, um, yeah, uh, pick one, and uh, you can send money directly from your bank account. Now, one thing we also have to think about is um, there are countries where the cryptocurrency is not legalized yet. Um, it, there could be many reasons. Government could be scared of the new technology. And there, they could be also be worried of um, um, having too many transactions, uh, you know, losing their national reserve. Uh, in, in competition to cryptocurrency, there could be many. And for example, I know for a fact in Bangladesh, currently it's not legalized yet. Um, so if you are listening from a country where it's not legal, then please do respect your country's uh, legal uh, restrictions and um, don't um, don't try to buy or uh, trade cryptocurrencies from a country where it's not legal to do so. Um, but yes, if you wanted to, then um, in in countries where it is legal to own and trade cryptocurrencies, you can transfer money from directly from your bank account and then purchase Bitcoin and keep it in your virtual wallet for later use. Okay, so 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 this is again, uh, I think it's similar to buying a stock or a share in a company, right? So you have a trading account and that that's what i've understood so you have a trading account where you transfer your money and uh, once you identify the share or the stock or the commodity that you want to buy you place an order and that stock or share gets credited to your account and then when you want to sell it the uh, the stock is sold and the amount is credited back to your trading account and then you can from the trading account you can transfer the money to your bank account is i i, I think that that is how how it works right in Coinbase as well? There is, there is similarity in that sense, but I would actually just be cautious, you know, trying to compare it to stock market because yes, what you just explained, yes, 
it, that is how it is. But at the same time, we also have to remember if we are having to rely on exchanges, then of course, then my money is being controlled by another authority. It's not a government, but it's Coinbase or Binance. So, so what, what are we finally achieving then? So what we have to remember is we can own Bitcoin, own and store Bitcoin without relying on any of the exchanges. We can store Bitcoin in a USB drive and have it offline saved save you know that uh, amount of cryptocurrency saved in a, uh, in in any removable storage and have it offline completely uh, non-reliant of anything else and it will still be there so um definitely just just clarifying that you are not you are fully you have the full control and full freedom of you know owning Bitcoin in your computer without relying on anywhere else, any other exchanges. But it's just easier um, to transfer the money to a known exchange where you can transfer the Bitcoin. And then if you did, you know, say, for example, you bought a large chunk of Bitcoins and it is, you know, a sizable amount and you want it to be secure. So then you can take it out of Coinbase, create a offline storage uh, uh, account with with an usb drive um, and then keep it in your computer if you'd like to do so or you can create it offline so no one you know there is no way of losing it as long as you don't lose the physical um physical storage um utility that you you put your uh, coin in but uh, yeah you're not in any way tied to or reliant on any of the exchanges so that way it's you know, somewhat different from stock exchanges. That is, I think, very interesting because uh, you're right. I mean, if if the whole idea of a cryptocurrency is to move away from the banking system and to move away from the regulations and to move away from uh, cross-border transactions and governments, then I think, yes, it does make sense to have it for yourself without any control by some exchange because tomorrow people and i've heard i've read news that exchanges have been hacked people's accounts uh, and there are a lot of bitcoins or other altcoins have been stolen so and exchanges can crash so tomorrow because it's not a viable business option those exchanges can crash so you can lose all your money so i think you made a very interesting point that yes you can buy exchange uh, the coins like a stock but you can own it and store it offline so you don't have to worry whether the exchange has crashed or not so so that is a very interesting point that if you don't know the code or if you don't know the wallet address then you can actually lose the bitcoins that you own because now you've forgotten it so bitcoins are lost in yeah. those wallets and there are many bitcoins like that which are in wallets which people have forgotten about that is true. That is true. I actually know, um, heard this story that um, this person, uh, one of the early adopters of Bitcoin, and uh, he was mining Bitcoin way early, like in 2009, 10. He, he had an old laptop and he just thought, OK, I'm not using this laptop. I'm just going to leave it at the background, keep it running, have it mine Bitcoins, uh, you know, just because it's fun. There's nothing to do. And he left that laptop for like two, three years until his girlfriend uh, was annoyed and was sort of cleaning up, uh, decluttering the house and threw away the laptop. Um, obviously, at that time, the Bitcoin was, was, was um, you know, some pennies. So it wasn't worth anything. But then 
obviously a few years later when the Bitcoin price jumped to 10,000 pounds, um, then obviously, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin that was stored in that laptop became really valuable. I think, I think he estimated it would have been about 30 million um, wow. pounds. And, and he just um, lost it. He just lost it. He, he, he spent a lot of money trying to go to, um, go to where the laptops are recycled or, you know, to the dumpster and finding that, but he couldn't, he, he attempted to, you know, find emails or somewhere where those, uh, that Bitcoin wallet address was stored, but ultimately that was not found. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> uh, his chance of becoming a millionaire overnight was, um, was, <laughs> did not come true. But so, yeah, you're right. So, there are there are various wallets that have have gone missing or have um, people have forgotten you know, people about it. And, yeah. Yes. And so so this leads to another interesting observation, and that is that if cryptocurrencies are lost in wallets, it means like compared to physical currency where you can actually find it eventually, uh, with the electronic currency. If the the device on on which it is stored is lost or broken or uh, deleted, then you have lost the cryptocurrency forever, and that means those coins will never be in circulation. So you can never buy buy those coins. So it means, in essence, the amount of coins in circulation has effectively reduced. That is true. That is true. Yes. Um... I mean, they, you know, conceptually they exist, uh, but it will just never be used because the owner has forgotten about it. But that that is that is uh, that is definitely a risk. So you should never, you know, you should, you know, if you want to store it offline, then you should store it so you never lose it. Because then, if you lose that physical, you know, entity, then you are losing the losing the whole asset. Um, if you so, but. You know that that is definitely a risk of uh, cryptocurrency, but then um, the paper money also has that risk. I mean, you know, if you if you lose, you know, a bundle of cash, uh, you know, if you maybe you, it dropped out of your pocket, you will never find it. Um, maybe someone else will, but in in this case, in cryptocurrency, no one else will. <laughs> um, it's lost forever. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, in, you know, if, if you accidentally dropped uh, a, a, a note maybe on, on the river, that it's, it's similar to that because it's Fair enough. Just, um, so, so moving on, I mean, we, we talked about uh, wallets and exchanges and where to buy them. But you mentioned in the beginning about blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are based on blockchain. So can you talk about bit about blockchain? I'm I'm sure uh, this uh, talk today's tech talk won't be enough to discuss it in depth, but maybe just a few uh, features of what a blockchain is and uh, why it's being used and why is it a very important technology. So blockchain is a technology in itself. So we have to identify that blockchain is not Bitcoin. Yes. Uh, blockchain itself is not cryptocurrency, but blockchain is a technology. Bitcoin or cryptocurrency uses that technology to maintain and circulate the currency around the world. 
So blockchain is, um, as the name suggests, is a chain of blocks. In terms of the actual technology, Amit, would you would you explain that a little bit more in detail? So, uh, as, you, as you rightly mentioned, it is a chain of blocks. And the chain of blocks is nothing but uh, to store an information. And that information is nothing but a transaction. So in a ledger, you have people uh, having transactions which says, A has paid B, B has paid C, and this much amount. So that's a transaction. And what happens is all the transactions, say 10 transactions are put in one block. And that block is the first block. And then you have another 10 transactions and you add it to the uh, to the first block in a chain. Now the thing is, uh, how do you add the block itself? In order to add the block, you have to do some mining and uh, you have to calculate a hash. That's what the original blockchain idea was based on. So you have to ca uh, calculate a hash of a particular value. And if you get that hash uh, mathematically or crypto uh, cryptographically, then you get some coins as a reward plus you can add the transaction to the uh, the block to the chain now the advantages or the disadvantages uh, that you cannot just remove any block and add something in between so suppose i have 10 transactions and that shows that a has paid b and b has paid some amount to c and then i have another set of transactions that say c has paid d c has paid a so that basically tells me how much balance of coins a b c d have based on those two blocks now suppose a, f a person who wants to commit fraud he can add a transaction to say that he has received coins or he should have this much value of bitcoins and if he can add that transaction in the middle then the ledger has a record that this person has this much bitcoin and if you can commit that fraud then what is the value of a digital currency because the ledger itself now is null and void because anyone can commit that fraud so in order to prevent such frauds what happens is whenever you add a block you do you calculate for all the previous blocks attached as well so the first set of say one or ten blocks you can add and maybe commit fraud but once you reach a million blocks when you have to add the one million one of a block to the blockchain you have to calculate the hash for all the entire one million uh, blocks and that makes it mathematically and in terms of computing very very intensive energy intensive because you have to calculate the hash for every single block that has ever been added and that is the price and that is where the value comes bit bitcoins are mined using electricity using energy and that's why it's it's very energy uh, intensive and a lot of people in cold countries are able to mine easily because they can use these computers and these graphic cards and CPUs in a very cold country and they can run it um, to mine these currencies uh, without worrying about it getting very hot. So th that is the price you pay to get the uh, the coins and then you trade them. So that, that in essence is a blockchain. Now think like this, this blockchain as you mentioned is a piece of technology different from bitcoin and in the block i have added a piece of transaction uh, a pays b b pays c now instead of those transactions i can add something else i can add a code 
and I can then track the version changes of the code. So that can be stored in a blockchain. I can add uh, housing records. So all the housing records are in a blockchain. I can add um, uh, uh, health records in a blockchain. So no one can tamper with it because if anyone tampers, we they would have to tamper with every other record previous. So it becomes very resource and in, uh, intensive. And that is the beauty of the blockchain. And that is a concept uh, is actually more powerful than Bitcoin. But I think we'll have to do a separate episode for just blockchain. Uh, one of the applications that I know of is that in a country, uh, Estonia, they have used blockchain technology to store all the data. Uh, most of their digital records, Estonia is the digital uh, most digitally advanced country in the world in terms of governance everything there uh, is actually uh, done through digital channels so all the records of all the public records like health records uh, tax records insurance records or any other records are owned by the public and they have access to the data and whenever a government body requests access to the data they give permission and that's how government body gets access to their data and they had a problem that because everything was digital, it could easily get hacked. So they moved all their data and all their technology to blockchain so that it could not be tampered easily. So that's in essence, that's a blockchain and one application. Yes, I mean, it is, it is a very interesting and very powerful technology. And uh, a lot of organizations like even big banks are looking at adopting this technology into into their into their systems. And it does bring a lot of value. Um, there are many benefits to it. So um, yeah, it would actually be a good idea to uh, to have a episode on just on blockchain on its own. Because uh, there, is, there is a lot to explore. Yes. And, and interestingly, when you mentioned about uh, the, uh, the governments and the banks uh, using the technology, I actually wanted to ask you that, I mean, because you mentioned that anyone can create these currencies, are actually governments trying to create their own digital currency? Uh, because I've read um, some news that people, the the banks of many big countries uh, like US, UK, China, they are exploring this option of creating their own digital currency rather than no, relying. I was, I was, yeah. I mean, I I don't know um, uh, of uh, any any that is in circulation right now. But I was actually logged into Coinbase uh, two days ago, and I saw that one of the one of the new currencies that have been added is uh, called USD, and it is tracking the value of US dollars. So um, it is interesting. I didn't I didn't research too much into it, but yes, absolutely. You're you're right. Um, I'm sure various governments are looking into it and. Uh, it is um, it would be a, an interesting transition if if that does happen and it doesn't have to be a transition it could be you know coexisting with with the current currency but um, yeah definitely something to keep track what's that space yeah yeah and uh, i think uh, the other interesting aspect from bitcoin and blockchain is that or the cryptocurrency is that it's all distributed because uh, if you look at a country, the the ownership of the currency is centralized by a central bank. Uh, but with uh, Bitcoin or uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, it's decentralized. Um, so I think decentralization is also a powerful aspect. But then with decentralization, what has happened is the miners 
uh, actually own the, all the ledgers. So it is trying to become centralized in its own unique way. Um, so that is something interesting that comes out of all these technologies. But anyway, moving on from this, uh, so you buy a cryptocurrency like a like a stock, okay? And okay. governments, where you said some some governments have made it legal, some governments have not made it legal. So if they made it legal, can they tax the the uh, the gain from selling a cryptocurrency? So. Right now, um, I, I have I own some cryptocurrency and um, I have traded some as well. Um, so right now, I think it's um, like you know, if you make gains from forex trading, foreign exchange trading, uh, there is no tax on that because okay, you know, it, it, it it's just currency from one currency to another. Um, I don't think uh, cryptocurrency is still classed as, as that kind of currency. It's still classed as commodity. So um, there is something to look into. I don't actually have the answer to that. Okay, no, um, no, no. It is, it is taxable at least in UK as a capital gains tax. But you tax only on the profit. Okay, so you tax only on the profit. Uh, you don't tax on the initial investment. So suppose you invest thousand pounds and you uh, sell it for two thousand, you pay tax on one thousand, not on the entire two thousand. Right. Okay. So, but when is it tax? I mean, when I when you sell it, when you the, sell it, if you store it, if you if you but, never sell it, you never pay tax. The moment you sell, you get the benefit. That's when you pay tax. Ah, right. Okay. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at least that's the UK law because uh, I also dabbled into buying some XRPs and some not Bitcoin. But uh, because Bitcoin was very expensive, but yes, uh, you can actually. But you know, you can buy like point zero zero four percent. So I was, I was actually uh, coming to that, uh, and that that was my uh, next question is that compared to a traditional currency, the smallest unit is for a pound, say it's one penny, and for a dollar is one cent, for a euro it's one cent for indian rupee it's one pesa and for bangladesh uh what is the lowest uh unit? similar it's poisha like, like pesa okay. by... yes so so the, it has a smallest unit but because this is a digital currency bitcoin the beauty of a bitcoin or any of the cryptocurrencies that you can go up to uh i don't know eight or nine places of decimal value uh, and still transact with it. So you can break into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces and still use that uh, easily. So uh, can you comment yes, on that? that? Yeah, that um, that makes makes Bitcoin quite interesting because right now one Bitcoin is um, over $10,000. And yes. uh, so if you, you wanted to buy something and if you couldn't, divide it into smaller pieces, then then you're kind of stuck with that one Bitcoin until you buy something very expensive. But um, yeah, because it's digital, that's the, that's the beauty of uh, cryptocurrencies. You could you could go, um, you could actually buy 10 pounds or $10 worth of Bitcoin. It would be 0.00001 uh, or something Bitcoin, but you can do that transaction. You can actually genuinely buy a coffee just by scanning someone's uh, 
uh, Bitcoin uh, QR code and pay them two pounds or less. I mean, you could even make even smaller transaction. Um, the smallest unit, like the way we have, as you mentioned, you know, we have the, the, the full amount value like British pound and then you have pennies and, you know, US dollars and then you have uh, cents, etc. So for Bitcoin, there is, a, you know, the, the smallest, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the smaller um, the amount does have another name, which is called Satoshi. Satoshi, so, yes. Yeah. Yes. So the Satoshi, it's named after the creator of Bitcoin, uh, um, Satoshi Nakamoto. Yes. Um, so he he's the one who designed and created Bitcoin, and uh, this this is the name. So you you basically um, one million satoshis is one Bitcoin. So uh, that's that's basically the smaller the smallest unit of, of a Bitcoin. A smaller, okay, so that is. Yeah, that is very interesting. Thank you. I mean, I I was not aware that it had a name. I knew it could be broken, <laughs> but I was not aware that it had a name. So thank you for sharing that information. Um, so uh, we have now looked at exchanges where you can buy, but is there a way where you can compare the value? I mean, does exchanges do exchanges actually provide an insight into uh, what is the current value of a Bitcoin in comparison to, say, an XRP or in comparison to an Ethereum and in comparison with other um, traditional currencies like a USD, GBP or Euro? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, just Googling in, in Google will, you know, you don't even have to go to an individual website. You can literally just type in one Bitcoin equal how many USD in Google search box and Google will give you the results itself. And you can also search for... Um, the various, you know, search between different cryptocurrencies and different other, other, you know, other country-based currencies. So, um, yeah, definitely, it's it's available everywhere. Really, I mean, it's it's you know, just any any of the exchanges will give you that price as well, what the current price is, and the comparison between other currencies. Um, it's actually very easy to get in in through a quick search engine. Okay. So uh, I think uh, that's about it uh, in terms of cryptocurrencies. Uh, I uh, want to really thank you, Rinath, for helping us uh, understand what a cryptocurrency is and introducing us to this whole uh, world of cryptocurrencies. I'm sure our viewers and listeners are quite uh, now well-educated and <coughs> well-informed. Uh, of course, uh, they would have to, as a disclaimer, we would say that please do your own research. Don't take our word. Please do your own research before investing any kind of uh, money into cryptocurrencies. Uh, you can do this as a hobby or you can do this as uh, an investment. But please, uh, make, uh, please understand that it involves risk so please don't um, uh, i mean please don't invest without actually doing proper research but i think in 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 um, in the end i just wanted to summarize what we have discussed we've discussed the different types of currencies before cryptocurrencies came we discussed uh, how you can buy those currencies in different exchange how you can store those currencies um, in your wallet and then how you can trade with them we also discussed about the currency uh, and the the underlying technology blockchain we discussed about some practical applications and uh, what you can actually do with uh, blockchain uh, sorry bitcoin and uh, other uh, cryptocurrencies um, and then we 
talked about how it can be uh, can it be taxed or not and etc etc et so i think you uh, uh, hope you find this talk very useful and um, we are looking forward to conduct more such uh, talks on various other topics um, uh, over the next uh, coming weeks so please uh, subscribe to our channel and uh, please uh, comment below and like share subscribe uh, and uh, i hope you are enjoying these videos that we are trying to do this uh, the whole idea of this tech talk is that people who have limited knowledge of technology get a basic understanding of what it is and how they can start and understand and then they can go to google or any other platform to gain more knowledge but our our talk is aimed at users to just get their basics and the fundamentals right so that they can they have a base uh, on which they can build upon their knowledge so thank you so much again renath uh, do you want to add anything in the end um yeah sure actually i uh, just just want to add one last thing um so as soon as you google or start researching on cryptocurrency or bitcoin you'll see that you can mine bitcoins or other cryptocurrencies and um, you know add some you know um, mine some of your own and then uh, by mining uh, you can also sort of own some so if you if you mine cryptocurrencies you, you know because you provided a service as a return you, you you know get some cryptocurrency so you might become very excited and you might want to mine some cryptocurrency on your own and you know thinking that it will you know uh, you know uh, you will you'll, you'll, you know that, that is a source of income but just so you know that bitcoin now you know because the way bitcoin is built and because it was so lucrative and in the beginning so now so many big organization have invested and created massive farms with with you know massive computing power that it's not financially viable anymore to mine bitcoins the amount of electricity that it will cost you to mine and uh, you know the return you'll get is actually it, it, it will cost you more in, in electricity just by running a laptop or your computer and you'll also lose the you know the the efficiency of your cpu or your graphics card by by doing this so um don't uh, my advice is do not try to mine bitcoins with with your home computing system laptop or desktop whatever it is uh, it's just not financially viable anymore however if there are other altcoins which um, you know if you if you literally have nothing to lose you could have an old laptop running but again it is very unlikely that you know the altcoin you cho choose will become valuable in the future so um, it's just it's just not financially viable anymore so uh, just just before you get excited to do that uh, just just letting you know that uh, probably not not the not the best way to go forward with cryptocurrency at the at the moment thank you renath i think yeah that's a sensible advice a lot of people might uh, think that they can mine their own bitcoins but yeah i think you have given a very sensible advice that yes it's no longer financially viable to mine your own uh, coins so just try to buy it try to understand it um, and play with it but yeah don't try to mine it you will you'll waste a lot of money in electricity <laughs> yes 
Yes, I mean, uh, you know, if you have, I mean, I, I am, I currently have a very old laptop. I, I just have, I am mining some Monero coins. Um, you know, there is, there is very little chance that it will become something. But, you know, if it does, right now, I'm probably just, you know, spending the same in electricity as, as I'm getting in Monero coins. But, if it becomes, I'm just, you know, it's, it's just a bet that, you know, in five, 10 years time, if Monero coins becomes as expensive as Bitcoin, then it will have been a good investment. But it is fully, you know, totally risky and it could just not amount to anything at all. I just, I just don't, ha don't have any use for that laptop. So I just, you know, for fun, I, I, I just kept it. But it's not, it's not going to bring me any, you know, formidable income in you know there is very little chance of that happening true 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 so yes it's a it's a good disclaimer for people you can do it as a hobby learn how it is how it works it's always good to understand the mechanism of any technology and that's the aim of this talk so you learn and uh, you create something but yes don't do it for uh, financial gains because you may not get any <laughs> so thank you so much again and uh, hope uh, everyone who's uh, watching and listening to this talk uh, had a good time listening and uh, we will uh, come back again next week with a new topic and uh, as we mentioned in our previous talks we are planning to bring on some guests who can talk about uh, some other interesting topics as well uh, on uh, different technologies so uh, please keep uh, looking forward to those talks as well and uh, we will uh, post them really soon so thank you so much again and have a lovely day bye